When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of the Underdog Dynasty Sunbelt Podcast. Matt Miguez here, your Louisiana writer. Joining me every week is Brian Stone, the Georgia Southern writer. Brian Georgia Southern got some good news today. You might have some positives to talk about. Yeah, that's that's a good tease. Um, we can maybe talk about it when we preview, you know, recap the the coastal debacle uh, that happened last Saturday, and and even talk about Georgia Southern's next game. But I'm not going to be all you know full of piss and vinegar this week uh, because I actually have something to look forward to. That's that's great to hear because Georgia even Georgia Southern fans need some positivity. Well, you just you need like any any semblance of hope like whatsoever. And we haven't had that like even the Helton hiring is like great. That doesn't help us this year. Hey, the the man the myth the legend Danny Reed hit 500 broadcast. Nice. Good for him. Um, we got a couple of games to talk about from week 10, uh, actually five of them. And then we have five to cover in week 11. Uh, we will start with week 10 last Thursday, Louisiana host Georgia Southern on ESPN state. You screwed Georgia it up. state. I do that every time. And, you and, and the, the ESPN and you know, there, there, there have been times uh, I'll tell you a story. There have been times where I have done it to Georgia state fans. On purpose? Yeah. Oh. Just because it gets yeah, under their skin? That'll, that'll and, make them angry. And I think now I just I do it out of habit. Um, but no, Georgia State and uh, Louisiana survived, for lack of better words, 21 to 17. You know, I was at this game for, for a short while. My South Louisiana body couldn't handle the cold. But, um, you know, from, from what I saw... For the first three quarters, man, Louisiana looked outplayed. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I said this last week when we were talking Georgia State, Georgia Southern. Georgia State beat Georgia Southern, but there's that still doesn't make them like a great football team. And it had to be brutal for you to sit there and have to endure like a scoreless first half considering, I mean, Georgia State in the first half last week when they played the Eagles were atrocious. And do you, I said this last week, do you understand what I'm talking about with Darren Granger now? Like he does not feel. Oh, absolutely. Pressure. Like he's, he's completely like blind. He's oblivious. Like. Absolutely. But so, yeah, I mean, he, he misses like easy throws, which if they were actually playing for anything this year, which they're not outside of a bowl appearance, like that would kill them. But I mean, they're going to, they might make a bowl game, but they have to win, you know, 
you can't see, lose again or I can't lose two. I knew that this game was going to be long when Louisiana got the ball to open the game and marched down the field, and then it became fourth and goal from the eight, and we went for it and didn't get it. Eight yards pretty far out for fourth and goal, right? To go for it, I I thought. I mean, don't get me wrong. We don't have the most accurate field goal kicker, right? Um, but I would have rather missed a field goal there than to try and go for it on fourth down. I think anywhere outside the five is too far for a goal to go situation, unless you just feel like you can absolutely, unless you just have like a jump pass type right. play, like hanging out in your back pocket, ready to ready to go. Um, and then, you know, just looking at performance overall, Levi Lewis was 19 of 34. That's not great. No. Uh, 287 yards. He only threw for that many because Georgia Southern was um, Georgia State was one of the first teams in the Sun Belt to figure out how to stop us rushing the ball. Yeah. They held us to 140 rushing yards. Yeah. Uh, one touchdown, one interception. Montreal Johnson, 17 carries, 98 yards, and two touchdowns. Granted, I'd say a solid 45 to 50 of his rushing yards came in the fourth quarter. Um, You know, and then Peter, that's when you need it. Peter LeBlanc, the sophomore from new Iberia. uh, He finally had a big game. I feel like this was the first game. He was truly healthy all season. He's been playing through a, uh, through a foot injury, nine catches, 118 yards and a score. So, I mean, on paper, you know, it looks like Louisiana did some things well, and I, and I don't want to discredit them. They, they did. Um, but as a whole, I thought this was a perfect scenario of a trap game and we nearly got trapped. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Georgia state's defense aren't world beaters by any stretch. So it's tough to, to sit through a, a scoreless first half against a defense that is not great. Like, you guys play what Troy this this coming Saturday? Okay, Troy's defense statistically is much better than Georgia State's, so I don't know. Javon Solomon is a man child. I don't know if Napier needs to like rally the troops or whatever, but like you guys can't can't just deal in the first half. A a a nine day gap between games could not have come at a better time. Yeah. We definitely and, and needed those extra days. So just for the people who didn't watch, go through Granger's stat line real fast, and that illustrates what I was saying. Darren Granger, 8 of 19, 98 yards, and a touchdown. And just for context, for everyone who didn't watch that game or didn't look at the box score after, 37 of his yards came on one, one his touchdown, touchdown throw. Yep. So he essentially had outside of one play, 60 yards passing or whatever the rest of the game. Yeah, no, he wasn't great. He wasn't great. Um, and, and you know, one, one thing that I think a lot of people aren't talking about is how horrible the officiating was in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you look at the punt return for a touchdown by Eric Guerra. They got called back for a block in the back. I mean, Brian, you watched the game. Uh-huh. 
did he even touch him in the back? Not from what I saw. I mean, um, but Sunbelt officiating, I, I feel well, like everybody complains about their officiating. It, it, it's a running joke. It, it's a running joke. The Sunbelt officiating is never good. It never has been good. Um, yeah. And then I think there was a game last year that I watched, and I can't remember who played in it, where the the main head official was calling a penalty, and he kept insisting on calling it on the wrong team. And the other officiating crew members kept running up and going, no, it's on this team. And he'd mess it up again. And then they had to walk up to him again and go, no, it's on this team. <laughs> We've said this three times. And he's like, 58 defense? Like, it was like a question. Oh, God. I don't remember that. I don't remember that game. So clearly it wasn't a Louisiana game. Because no, I, I feel like I would. Who played in it. I feel like yeah, I would remember it, that. The officiating is always not, yeah. not good. Uh, so Cajuns improved to eight and one on the year, six and zero oh in the Sun Belt. Still the only undefeated team in Sun Belt Conference play. Uh, four games this past Saturday, App State all over Arkansas State, forty-eight to fourteen. Chase Bryce, fifteen of twenty-six, hundred sixty-three yards, one touchdown and a pick. Nate Noel, twenty-three carries, one hundred twenty-two yards and a score. But the story here is Lane Hatcher. People have finally gotten what they wanted, and that's Lane Hatcher to start. But yet he has come out, and and just we'll talk about this game just in particular. 17 to 30, 137 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. That is his eighth interception just against conference play. Well, I mean, Arkansas State's a train wreck. Like the whole team is a train wreck. That's true. It, it's I don't think it's solely on his shoulders. I mean, outside of with the two quarterbacks they had with him and Blackman, I, I still think he's the better option. Now he's struggled, but that whole team sucks. I mean, they're, they're like and then, unquestionably what like the worst team in the conference. Oh, for like sure, they have to be. They're for sure okay. the worst team in the conference. And then let's let's well, not forget the weird thing is it was fourteen fourteen. This game was. Yeah, it was. And and, and it early. Sneaky, yeah, and sneaky Chase Bryce picks the worst opponents to have his bad games against. So when they beat up late on like a bad Arkansas State team, like no one talks about the fact that he was like not good because they're just like, well, it was 48-14. What do you care? And it's like, okay, but eventually one of these is going to come back to bite you. You just have to hope it's not another Louisiana type game where it's like we need to win this oh wait he he fumbled three times or whatever you know what i mean yeah um i agree i mean if app keeps thinking that they're just gonna start blowing out teams they're gonna be in for a rude awakening because knock georgia southern all you want the level that of that rivalry if App slips up, Georgia Southern will take advantage. I mean, this is obviously like one of the worst teams we've fielded like in the last decade. I think second place or first place would only the only other contenders 2017. But this has happened before where App was like ranked and like on a roll and then they go play Georgia Southern and it's like all yep. that just screeches to a halt. Now, I don't think that's going to happen this year because the disparity in talent is just so overwhelming on app side. But Chase Bryce, like, 
sneaky outside of the Louisiana game keeps picking these bad teams to have bad games against, but the rest of the team is so good that it bails them out. Right. It, the, the only good team that they've played that he's played well against is Coastal. Yeah, and look how well that turned out for him. Yeah, it turned out great, but I, I just what happens if they make it to the title game and he has another another bad, bad game. performance? Right. App improves to seven and two. They look to be Louisiana's opponent in the Sun Belt Conference Championship game. Back to the West, Texas State gets a touchdown with a little less than two minutes left in the game to beat ULM twenty-seven to nineteen. I mean, to be totally honest, I didn't watch this game. Um, looking at the stat lines, Chandler Rogers came back. He he's back from injury, twenty-eight of forty-three, two hundred and sixty-two yards. Um, also, before we move on from before we truly move on from the App State Arkansas State game, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the three interceptions by Stephen Jones Jr. Two of them brought back for touchdowns. Yeah, solid Crazy. performance from yeah. From the DB there. But, yeah, man, the Bobcats. This was a game of two fairly talented but lower-level Sunbelt teams. And in in the end, the the Bobcats just had a little more gas in the tank. This is another – this is a a growing pains game for the Warhawks. Uh, They've had a good season thus far, but the last couple weeks have shown – they're not there yet. Like they can't do it week in and week out. They can they can put together a couple weeks in a row where they look pretty good, but the, just the consistency isn't there. And I think that's a big part of what Bowden inherited. I mean, this team was zero and twelve last year. I, I think I read they never had a. I don't know if I read this stat correctly or not. Maybe people can correct me. They never led last year in a game. I think I think that's true. So I mean, that's that's what he inherited. Now it's impressive what he's done in winning. You know what? Four games so far this year, but they're not ready week in and week out to do it. Like right. they're just not yet, and it shows. Yeah, definitely, definitely some more room for improvement in Monroe. Uh, the other in Texas State, I can't make heads or tails of what they're doing. Well, you know. We had this conversation last week and talking about after the Louisiana loss, their athletic department wrote this big, long letter to their fans saying that they haven't put, you know, the efforts in that they need to blah, blah, blah. So I don't know, maybe, maybe Texas state is turning over a new leaf. I mean, obviously one game doesn't, doesn't show you that, but I don't know. I mean, I've always thought that Texas State had talent. I've always thought that, especially at each preseason, they have the the roster to be a contender. And then, you know, things just don't go. I think go. the problem is with Texas State is, like, I've never been wowed by any of their quarterbacks. Right. Never. Like, I can't Ever. remember a quarterback that, that Texas State started in a game, and I went, you see, oh, man, Brady, like, this guy's solid. Brady McBride last year against SMU. But even he, like, even he's kind of a turnover machine. He is. Like, totally you have to is. worry about that with him. And, and people blamed the offensive line 
for them last year. But like at some point, like it's on the quarterback to hold on to the ball. Um, I mean, that's what I'm saying is like, I'm racking my brain, like thinking back to all the way back to 2014 when Georgia Southern and app entered the conference. Like I can't pick out a Texas state quarterback in my mind that I'm like, wow, that guy was solid. Like ULM, the first guy that comes to mind for me is Caleb Evans. I'm like, Caleb Evans was a really good quarterback. Now they were, he was on a terrible football team and, and clearly like he was just running for his life all the time. But Texas state doesn't have that guy that pops into my head. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things where, again, they're going through some growing pains, um, and and you know, hopefully that this new investment into the program will kind of turn things around for them, and maybe they can become a contender in the West. Because I'll tell you, the West needs some competition. Well, I mean, it, it's getting it; it's just not coming until the, the giant realignment period right right troy south alabama 31 24 in favor of the trojans see this game was interesting jake bentley gets hurt early on uh desmond trotter comes in plays fairly well uh just couldn't quite get the offense going and south alabama's defense could not stop troy to save their life uh 455 left in the second quarter KJ Robertson gets a 32-yard pick six for Troy to make it 31 to seven, and that's when the Jags finally start to wake up a little bit. They get a field goal, they get a touchdown right before the half, and then another one in the third, and then a field goal in the fourth to make it 31-24. But then they just they couldn't find the end zone one more time to tie the game. Uh, also, Gunner uh, in this game, Gunner Watson ended up with a concussion. Oof. Uh, I'm hearing he is actually doubtful for the game Saturday against Louisiana. Going back to ter- Taylor Powell. So both quarterbacks and both starting quarterbacks in this game end up leaving with injuries. Um, I mean, it, it was a hard fought game by both teams. It looks like. So Troy has done this at least in a couple games this year where they get this big lead and then they just like park the bus. Right. And, and they did it against Georgia Southern. Uh, they went up, I think, 24 to three, I want to say. And then they scored three points the rest of the game after that. And that was like the first half deficit. Um, and then they did it. They did it in this game. They went up 31 to seven, like you mentioned. And, and then they didn't score again the rest of the game. So it's like, I understand that their bread and butter this year is defense. Um, but you can't just not score in the second half of football right. games and expect like, well, we've got a big enough lead. We'll just run the clock out. It's like not the way well, it that works. doesn't always work. Right. <laughs> and then the last game of the week, Coastal Carolina takes care of Georgia Southern 28 to eight. The big headline coming out of this game, Coastal quarterback Grayson McCall out indefinitely with an upper body injury, Um, which I mean, indefinitely with three weeks left in the season is not what you want to hear. No, I mean, it seems like for all intents and purposes, like he's out for he's, the year. He's right? done for the year. Okay. I mean, I'm yeah. not I'm not going to confirm that obviously because that hasn't been confirmed by the university. But if, if in my head, out indefinitely with a month left of the year. Yeah. The, and indefinitely is not a term that is normally used lightly. 
he'll be back by the bowl game, I guess. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, depending well, on how depending on how late in bowl season their bowl game is. Well, I'll say this. I mean, part of the problem is they need App to lose again. Yep. To do anything, they are not in the driver's the conference seat. race, right? And I, I just feel like without McCall, I mean, we'll I can talk about this game, like whatever. But I, I feel like without McCall, even if App slips and they lose another game, and Coastal goes to the title game, they're not winning it with Bryce Carpenter at quarterback. Like I've watched this guy play. He's not Grace McCall, which is like not a huge knock against him, but Grace McCall's like a special Sunbelt level quarterback and Bryce Carpenter's just an adequate backup. Um, in this one, um, the the weather was absolutely horrible the entire game. It was like a monsoon. Uh, neither team could really like get a lot going early. And then it was like Coastal just opened the floodgates in the second quarter. I mean, the floodgates were opening from the sky. They opened on the scoreboard after that. Um, the the thing that was really like the dagger was the the punt that Coastal blocked and returned for a touchdown leading into halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, that pretty much like put the game on ice because Georgia Southern started Justin Tomlin once again. He was a disaster. Uh, and then the second half, they finally give in and put Cam Ransom in and he, he leads a touchdown drive. He goes four for four on the touchdown drive and throws a touchdown. And it's just like, what it, what is the thought process? Like how many times we'll talk about this in the preview and we can even go ahead and say this now ransom essentially is starting next week against Texas state from what I've understand. Um, but like, why did it take nine games? Right. Yeah. Like what, what did it take nine games to see like Justin Tomlin's a turnover machine? Like, no, we all knew that. Like watch the games, open your eyes. And I tweeted this during the game. I said, if, if Clay Helton, Clay Helton was like up in the booth doing an interview during the game at one point. And I said, if I'm Clay Helton, I'm walking down to the sideline and telling the interim, like you put ransom in now, or I'm not recommending you for your next job. Right. Like that was the level of like incompetence that we were looking at. Yeah, I mean, nothing has seemed to go right for Georgia Southern this year. But, you know, three games left in the year. You put Cam Ransom in, maybe win a couple, give yourself some sense of hope going well, into here, the Clay Helton the era. Here's the problem is those those interims all know that they're dead men walking. Right. Now, now what they think they're accomplishing by putting Justin so you don't, in everything. So you don't, you don't think any of them stay with Clay Helton? I don't th- I would be shocked if anyone from a coaching staff stuck around at this point. Okay. I mean, if he has there, think about this. Think about this, Matt. They're auditioning for their jobs in theory, right? Yeah. Okay. They just lost 28 to eight at home in a rainstorm that favors their playing style to a backup quarterback. Good point. And they, and those guys, if those guys think that that is a good, it's a good point sh- showcase of their coaching ability. Yeah, I I don't I don't think they deserve to stick around. I mean they they've yeah, shown that's, everyone that's on the, everyone on the staff. I mean Doug Roos is gone. Regardless, you can't keep that OC around. He's absolutely terrible. the The defensive coordinator 
I've heard people make arguments for him that it's it's been injuries more than anything else that's killed their defense, but they they haven't recruited defensive players very well either. Right. So, but but no, I, I if I'm if I'm Helton, man, I'm I'm making wholesale changes. Everybody's gone. I don't want what. Why would you want to keep a part of yeah, this? And, and then and then also another plus is I mean obviously outside of the one Rose Bowl win, his time at USC wasn't you know great. But the connections that he has made through coaching at USC and in the Pac-12, I got—I got to think that he could bring some high-level assistance to Statesboro. Yeah, um, I mean, I—I I wasn't straight off the bat. I wasn't a huge fan of the hire, but think about this, Matt. Last year, in December, a year ago, USC was in the Pac-12 title game. Yeah. And he was their I mean, coach. It, yeah, they were five and one in a in a COVID shortened season and made the title game. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, and and especially with the coaching staffs in in college football right now that are getting dismantled, you're looking at how many teams are going to be out of entire staffs. Right. I mean, they need help all across the board, but this is a good year to need that because it's yeah. like offensive line there's, needs. There's definitely needs coaching. There's, yeah. there, there's definitely people to uh to hire that's for sure yeah um so yeah definitely I, I don't know i don't know how you feel about this but i think that there is this is a good thing for georgia southern especially for the future uh i, I think i think the eagles will be back to contending for some belt titles pretty quickly i th- i think there's a lot that's tbd at this point Especially like the coordinator hires are going to be huge. Yep. Uh, let's move on to week eleven. We're dude. We're we're getting there. The season is is rapidly coming to a close. Uh, five games this Saturday will begin with the Sun Belt leaders eight and one Louisiana, five and four Troy. This one is in Troy. Uh, Cajuns currently favored by six and a half with an over under of forty eight. Uh, I mean, I think you guys win. Now, whether you cover is is up to Napier because he seems to, outside of outside of like one game a year, he doesn't decide to cover the spread. Give me, <laughs> give me the six and a half and the under. So, what do you think of like twenty one to fourteen? Oh, I'm thinking it's lower than that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking 17, 10. Okay. With 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 the weather right. forecast that's going to be, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I wouldn't touch the the spread because you guys are absolute cancer for the spread. Either way, yeah, we are three and six against the spread this year. Yeah, you guys are yeah, you guys are absolute cancer for for picking a spread. I, I would just take the under if I was going to bet this, but I think you guys win it regardless. You know, you you talked about the Grayson McCall injury news and how much that affects Coastal. And I'm gonna tell you, this is this is going to paint the picture of how much it affects Coastal, Coastal Carolina, Georgia State. At home, Coastal is only a ten point favorite. See, I I just think that the talent disparity at the other positions is so in Coastal's favor. I think they cover the ten. Um, I think you're getting them at almost too much of a discount at this point because, I mean, let's be let's be totally real. Georgia State and Georgia Southern are not that far apart in the pecking order. I mean, 
that was a seven. That was a one touchdown game yep. that they just played two weeks ago. So I think Coastal. Um, I think they could probably just run the ball a ton and still yep. win this game. I mean, Shamari Jones, he's easily one of the top backs in the conference. Yeah, I mean, they don't need Bryce Carpenter to throw the ball forty times, right? Like they 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 run the ball as it is anyway, even sometimes to their own detriment. Give, give me the shots, but they don't cover. Oh, see, I think they cover at home. Um, I, I've just watched Georgia State and their quarterback, and he's not. I mean, unless he just completely turns it around, like he's he's going to get eaten alive by that defense. App State, South Alabama, in Boone. You ready for this one? App minus twenty two and a half. It's crazy with an over under of fifty four. I'm I'm real hesitant. I'm gonna take South Alabama in the points. Really? Twenty two and a half's a lot of points, that, man. That's a lot. It is. It is. I mean, I okay, think about this. I think when we did the podcast last week and we talked about Arkansas State and App, I think the line for that one was only twenty. And I said, There's no way. Like there's no way that Arkansas State's gonna keep it within twenty. But like South Alabama's a better team than Arkansas State. Yeah, but what's what's the injury on Jake Bentley? See, I don't even know if it matters. Their defense is much better than Arkansas State's. Like, yeah. it, 22 and a half is, like, a lot. And maybe this, like, comes back to bite me saying this, but just, like, I unless Chase Bryce is, like, just on, like, absolutely frying the Jaguars, like, Dude, three plus touchdowns is a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, I think, think this one could be fairly low-ish scoring. Like it's not going to be forty-eight to fourteen. Is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, but it might be thirty-five to eighteen. So then they cover. That's seventeen points. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, twenty-two and a half. I, twenty-two I and a half is a lot. That, that's a lot. I don't think people quite realize like twenty-two and a half is like a four-score game. Yeah, that that's a lot. Um, but app app wins, but I just the line is like too too much. So they win, don't cover. What about the over under fifty four? I think I'd take the over. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I, I, I think I think both of these teams are going to be able to put some points on the board. I mean, Arkansas State scored fourteen. Now they got their doors blown off, but they still scored points. They didn't get shut out. Georgia Southern Texas State. Uh, this one is in San Marcos on Saturday afternoon, two o'clock. Texas State minus two and a half with an over under of fifty three and a half. I think if Cam Ransom actually starts, I think I'm going to take Georgia Southern give for me, the upset. Give me, give me the Panther. Give me the Give me the Eagles. Jesus Christ! <laughs> you ran through every team in the Sun Belt's mascot. <laughs> right. um, yeah, yeah, give me I, give I me just, the Eagles. I I just think like if if Cam Ransom's the starter, give me the Eagles. If Cam Ransom's the starter, yeah. If if they like change it last minute and decide that Justin Tomlin's gonna play, give me the Bobcats. Right. Because they they can't he literally can't hold on to the ball. Like they could put stick him on his hands and he couldn't hold on to the ball. Spider tech. But uh I mean I'm looking at it, it's like Texas State 
this is like the this is that recipe too that I was talking about with Georgia State or uh, with Arkansas State and Georgia Southern earlier. This is this is the movable force equals the you know highly stoppable or whatever. Like the, both of these teams allow a ton of points on defense. Texas State allows thirty three points a game. I mean, this could look like that Arkansas State game that Georgia Southern played earlier this year. Right. Yeah. So uh, I, I, give me the give me the two and a half. Give me the Eagles. I think they pull the upset. Brian's, I think that, Brian's picking the Eagles. I think that that offense that they are going to run with Ransom is just so radically different than like what they would normally prepare for when the yep. Eagles come to town. That I just think like I I, I feel much better about his, their chances with him. Yep. No, for sure. Last game of the schedule. For Saturday in Monroe, the Warhawks and the Red Wolves. Um, the spread right now is ULM minus three with an over under of 66 and a half. That is massive. I think I'll take Arkansas State. Yeah, Arkansas I, State in the under. I just, neither of these teams are on like the upswings. But I think Lane Hatcher is good enough that he could dice the Warhawks up. And I mean, and then Corey Rucker, Corey Rucker's a stud, man. I'm not going out on, I'm not, I'm not talking out of turn by saying ULM's defense is not App State. They're not going to, they're not going to hold them to bad, 14 man. Points. Giving up 36 a game. They're not going to hold. Arkansas State two touchdowns. So it's like if the floodgates open, like Chandler Rogers better get ready to score some points because yep. I, I just don't have to. That that's a really high over under too. It's very high because if if you look at their points scored compared to points allowed, like in both categories, they're pretty even. And I know Arkansas State's defense is bad, and ULM's is not much better too. I just, I, I think my concern would be: is ULM going to be able to score enough points? You, right. I, I don't think it's going to be a matter of can ULM stop Arkansas State. It's just going to be can ULM keep up with Arkansas State? Yeah, especially, see, I think, especially if Arkansas State's offense is clicking. I think the Warhawks had their nice midseason run, and I think now is the beginning of the we have a lot of work to do phase. And and I think it started a couple weeks ago. And I think this is just a continuation of that. Like, I think Arkansas State gets their first Sun Belt win here. Hey, more power to them. Uh, man, looking, looking ahead to next Saturday, four out-of-conference games for Sun Belt teams. Uh, the Cajuns have Liberty. Georgia Southern gets BYU. South Al and Tennessee, yeah. ULM and LSU. Can the Georgia Warhawks Southern's do it? Gonna get their, Georgia Southern is going to get their head kicked in by BYU. Yeah, probably. It doesn't matter who starts a quarterback for that one. Um, Can ULM do it? Can they pull it off? No. Not even a little bit. LSU was within a couple plays of beating Alabama last week. Yeah, but dude, I think that was just more of a pride thing than anything. But then they, but they did that. They they've been doing that. Like they, it, 
it's weird. They they decided to get up for Orgeron after they had already announced like right. he's out. That's the weird thing is like they, they're playing better now that they know he's not returning versus yeah. more teams would normally pack it in and say, forget it. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to plead the fifth on uh, on my comments. Of that game, oh, just about LSU in general. Why? Because I, I don't like LSU, and I'm not going to be nice. So I'm just going to play well, the fifth. you guys face Liberty, and Liberty, much like Coastal, I don't know if there was, like, mutually assured destruction in that Coastal Liberty Bowl game last year, but both of these not teams Not worried about them. Back. Not worried about them. Malik Willis is not the same quarterback that he was a year ago. You, do you know what was killing me? Um, was so I I was so I tweeted this out at halftime of that Mississippi game last week. I said Liberty is not in the same stratosphere as Ole Miss because mm-hmm. it was twenty four to zero at halftime. Okay, after the I looked it up and you know Liberty made their little nice run, but they were never within a one. They were never in a one score game with Ole Miss. It was always the 13 point deficit was the close as close as they got people were like pro football focus, I guess has this weird obsession with Malik Willis's pro prospects. And they were like Malik Willis, human joystick or whatever. And then I looked up his stats. He threw for 173 yards and got picked off three times. Yeah. But they didn't include his stat line in the tweet. They were just like, he's amazing. QB one off the board in the next NFL draft, and I'm like, he got picked off three times, and you guys didn't mention it. He, he's he's not the same quarterback that he was a year ago. That whole team's not the same as they were a year ago. True, that's very true. I mean, they were borderline rank. They uh, were borderline rankable. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not too worried about them. I'm really not. They lost to what Syracuse earlier Syracuse, this year. ULM and. Um, the ULM loss is still unexplainable, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. E- even absolutely even with taking a step back, like, they shouldn't have lost to ULM. Brian, man, before we go, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter at WatchTheStones. Find me at Miguez, Matt, both M's capitalized. We're getting closer to the end, and that just means that the... Mercifully. That just means that the... What was the word I'm looking for? The excitement intensifies uh championship game is only three weeks away uh, bowl games will get going after that so let me ask you just really quick yeah so you're definitely hoping that app screws up loses a game and coastal makes the the bowl the title game with their backup qb right absolutely not why absolutely not see i would not want to face app in a rematch when they come in like pissed off even if it's even if it's in lafayette like i would not want to i would not want to deal with that wait even if it's in where lafayette i'll forgive you is that not where you guys play lafayette it's the same thing no it's not not yes it is no, but anyway, I I would not want them to come I mean, in there after after like being basically disrespected. So by you so I I, I agree with you, but at the same time, with everything that has happened between Louisiana and Coastal, if they would go to the title game with their backup QB and we would win, their fans would have an excuse as to why they didn't win. 
And they would sit there. They would sit there, and they'd go. The only reason we didn't win is because we didn't have have Grayson McCall. Still would have, but they'd still have to play with who they have. Like even if it's an excuse, it's like right. But you got you could all you'd have to say is you guys shouldn't have been here to begin with. Like in this scenario, App has to lose. So it's like you could be like you guys had to have another team that you got beat by lose for you to even make it to the stage, and you shouldn't have been here. And Bryce. 85 yards passing last week against Georgia Southern Carpenter started. And it's like, hypothetically, you could just be like, but it didn't matter. Like that, that whole coastal team took a step back from 2020. I can't, I can't see a game that app loses though. No, I can't either. But, but I'm saying like, I would, if I were in your shoes every week, I'd be praying for somebody to upset them because I would want coastal at their absolute like weakest to come into at this point, Wherever man, you guys play and and try it. Try it. I just want to host it. I don't care who well, we play. I, mean, if you guys I just want to host when you host regardless. So because this will be our fourth straight title game. And we've never hosted one. So I just want to host it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm saying, though, like if I were you, I'd be crossing my fingers every week that app, app drops a game. I, I, I don't want I wouldn't want any part of them a second time. Even if even if the first time was a blowout, it's a good point. I didn't really think about that. That's <laughs> uh, a good point. We'll be back next week to recap this week of games and talk about that out of conference slate for the Sun Belt, and then we've got some interesting games to talk about Thanksgiving weekend. All of that coming soon on the Underdog Dynasty Sun Belt podcast. 